Welcome back to Loud and Proud Orlando for another live Thursday night Orlando City podcast. Welcome, Paula. How are you doing? Doing fantastic because is a classical game coming up ahead us. So I'm doing fantastic. Yeah. Oh, classical del Sol. What do we want to call it? The Florida Classico. I don't know. We gotta we gotta pick a nickname. We, I'm, we all, need, I'm I'm all yeah. for one of these. I agree. So, I agree. Uh, it's up in the air. Luis, what do you want to, what do you think it should be called? Uh, we should call uh, the the real Classico, right? I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't uh, know about that. I think that's a bold, I think that's a bold claim, Luis. <laughs> no, I, I'm just excited. Although we do that... have more Barca players than Barca now, so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, it looks like a 2014 Barcelona, right? So let's, uh, let's see what our boys are made of. I think this is a huge test for them. I think if we kill the beast now, the rest of the season is just going to be, we're going to be in a really high momentum. And I think that's what they need to target. We did a really cool activity on off Instagram uh, with um, with Messi and Suarez today, uh, linking to to this you know, you know to this live stream today. Um, it's going to be a huge test, and I think we have the team to definitely uh make a statement and i think the whole league needs uh it's behind us i think the whole league uh, it's behind us i think the whole league wants us to they need there needs to be a a victor in this at some point they gotta fall you know and so i think hopefully is uh this weekend john we're definitely the, the underdog right all the messy and the messy stands are going for miami and we're the maybe the league's you know preferred choice to win this one to uh like you said, perhaps show you know that like they're not as great as as maybe people think. But we'll get out to that later. Uh, thanks everybody who's joining us live. Uh, drop a comment below and we'll read them out. Uh, first of all, we'll read uh, Joshua Tall's got a couple comments to start us off. Uh, Vamos Orlando, let's stun Miami and beat them on Saturday. Thank you, Josh. And uh, hopefully we score a few goals and defend a good Saturday. Also, hoping the refs won't be so bad. Yeah, um, we talked a little bit last episode about the refs and. Uh, We'll talk about that more, but before we do Miami, let's get on to uh, Cavalry 3-1. Uh, the win on Tuesday, it was a great night. Um, not so well attended, sadly. Uh, the 6 p.m. start was a little tough uh, for a lot of people. I found it a struggle myself to get there for uh, the 6 p.m. game, but it was great to see everybody um, that did come out. And I want to say a big shout out to the Foot Soldiers, which is the Cavalry FC supporter group that came all the way down uh, from Calgary to support their boys. They were on the other side of the stadium. Um, it was just a really nice sort of relaxed uh, atmosphere. It felt, you know, obviously it was Champions League, but it, it kind of had more of like a, a minor league sort of not in a bad way but in the sense that like there was less attendance, the stadium, you could kind of walk around, you know, there's sort of um, a relaxed vibe. I think because we were three, one up perhaps as well. Uh, Paula and Luis from uh, you guys, Luis, I know you were in the press box and Paula, you didn't make this game, but for what do you guys think about the, uh, the atmosphere and the attendance on this one? I mean, it could have, it could have been a little better, I think. Uh, but um I mean, it was great to see Calvary fans, you know, uh, supporting their club. And it kind of reminded me of when we, when Orlando first started, right? And, um, you know, I think they, they are, they have something, 
you know, going on. You know, they they went toe to toe with an MLS team, and they they definitely uh, did some damage. You know, you, you they scored a goal, and even the coach said at a post press conference, you know, that goal is pretty much worth like four goals. So, so you know, it's 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 huge for them for them to not even to have any proper like competition you know straight from training pretty much facing orlando city that had a couple of games in them and 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 win right so, well, well not win but attempting to win and playing with a lot of um you know press you know they were pressing the box and all that stuff so it, it was i think incredible. it's interesting you say they you reminded they reminded you of us when we were in the usl i think a similar sort of yeah. There, I have a lot of respect for that organization. I think they're a mind league organization that's doing things right. Um, Paula, sort of your thoughts on the whole sort of Champions League. Uh, it's been like a mini sort of a two-game little relationship that we've developed here with, with Cavalry FC. Um, do you feel like you've got a little attached to this Canadian team? <laughs> I might. I might be following them in the season and see how they can, how they're doing if they're doing well, like last season for them. Um, but I agree with Luis. Like they 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 had their hopes to win us at home because they were pressing us, even though that we basically put the bench on the pitch. But they have my respects, right? Because they knew that we were not going to be an easy opponent, but they didn't win came and just let us win so it wasn't an easy win at the same time i felt that it was a relaxed too i felt that vibe even though that i was at home um and even that the stadium was not packed i could hear the wall singing at home so um it was it was like uh I think and, and I think the boys felt respect too for that team because if you look at the last goal from Smith, he didn't even celebrate like it was a big thing. He was like, Okay, thank you, Faku, for the assistant, and okay, thank you, and bye. So I, I think it is it's mutual respect from from each side. And um I hope the best for, for Calvary, right? I, I, I see them with a great future. Let's say that. Not now, but in the future, yes. I can see them. Can you imagine they can step into MLS? Who who knows? So let's see. I think it was great to see um, just the interactions between the players and like the end of the game and the way that the their manager talked about Oscar and Oscar talked about their manager and just the whole interaction with people online between fans and players like, uh, I just had a lot of respect for the organization and, and congrats to them. I think they were uh, really great. So um, let's move on to the game. And Paula, you kind of mentioned it a little bit there, but the the lineup was a mixed lineup. We we talked about it on the pod before. What are we going to get? We didn't know. Even we weren't as bold to put Shaq Mohammed in our lineup. But uh, <laughs> Oscar was like, nah, nah, watch guys. I could rotate. Um, Luis, give us your thoughts on that lineup and, uh, you know, did you expect it or were you surprised? Well, well, I was definitely surprised. Um, you know, it, I guess I, I was surprised with Martino Heda being a captain. Um, that to me was was pretty odd. Um, 
uh, although it does speak that he's maybe taking a leadership role also or maybe he I had think a good it shows a lot of his growth in the squad yeah and so you know that's that's fantastic you know you know to see him you know grow and develop that way you know um also i love shak muhammad i love what he did uh he mentioned he was not expecting to to start uh, it took him a bite and it was a pleasant surprise for him also uh Oscar, pretty much, uh, and I, I will I will say this: having uh, Martin Perlman right there um, is really helping with these young OCB players adapt almost instantly to Oscar system. So we're going to be seeing a lot of this throughout the season. And uh, like I said, I don't know if we're going to participate in the U.S. Open Cup. If we are, I probably I'm gearing towards probably going to be OCB playing, uh, and probably Mar Mr. Perlman probably going to coach that. So, um, but honestly, like um, obviously there was this error for for Abdi Salim in, in the goal for Calvary, you know, uh, a, a bad clearance, I, I would say. Um, but other than that, um, I think it was a very surprising role by, by Shaq. He was all over. He was all over. Paul, uh, um, you know, I think Shaq is the one that I would have picked out as well, uh, from, you know, a guy <laughs> that with a lot of energy, perhaps maybe lacks the final ball, but definitely wasn't, um, uh, completely out of place. Right. I think it showed that he's got something about him and that he can develop. Do you feel the same way about Shaq or was anybody else in this lineup that you feel kind of surprised you and uh, did really well from the, the fringe players? I mean, if we're talking about OCB, yes. Uh, like Mohammed, he has a bright future. And if Oscar already give him this chance to be in the starting lineup, I, I can see him more often, maybe in the least cup or like Luis said, or maybe in the U.S. Open Cup. We don't know uh, today if we're going to play that tournament, unfortunately. But it, talking about the first team, Ramiro Enrique had a phenomenal game. Like, Ennis, and I felt kind of sad because he had, like, three opportunities in the first half to score that, like, different type of goals, like a header, and then a he was outside of the box. I mean, I think that Enrique is unleashing the beast mode that he hasn't unleashed yet. Um, I think I was super surprised about him and I criticized him against Montreal because <laughs> he was stepping over his own um, passes on Montreal's game, but he shut me out with that goal, golazo outside of the box on on the Calvary game. But rather than that, um I'm the rest of the team looks good. Like I'm I'm not even concerned. Like we have a good problem in the bench. This is a good problem to have for the future. It's not like two years ago that we didn't have a bench. We had a strong starting eleven and then crickets. We didn't have any bench so we can seal that deal. It definitely showed the sort of strength and depth that we got exactly. going on in the squad. Um, I'm going to give you guys a quick run through of everything. Uh, if you're listening, as we go through the highlights, um, just to go through the game and everything that happened. The first half was 
sort of not a lot uh, for us. We, we were being a little bit slow or perhaps we we're trying to be, like Oscar said in his press conference, too complex um, with our passing and trying to do too much. And he told them to simplify it. And then in the second half, we came out and we, we did just that. I mean, um, the first goal from the second half coming from Nico Ladera with a beautiful assist uh, by Luis Muriel, who essentially just very simply walks inside and passes it to Nico uh, to give him the great opportunity and shot. Then we had the cavalry goal that we talked about where they came up the other end, uh, Mikey Holiday failing to get the block in and ball comes across and Schlegel uh, again, failing to make the clearance and they get the goal, which was, you know, really nice for them to get that first champions league goal. Uh, then onto Enrique's absolute banger uh, that Paula said he had a few chances. And then finally he got his option from the left-hand side and hit an uh, absolute screamer into the top corner uh, top bins, you know, I don't know. You could use all the different uh, exclamation marks on that one. Uh, and then finally, Kyle Smith getting the third goal uh, with a nice, simple pass from Bakutaras into him. And then he just absolutely rifle blasted into the back of the net uh, to make it 3-1. So a nice and simple. Uh, Luis, give us a little bit of your analysis. Um, the first half for you, what, what do you think went wrong? You know, what were we not doing right in the first half? Well, I mean, this is a constant for Orlando City and against better competition. Um, you know, not to say that the Montreal wasn't, but better competition as in, you know, all these name players like Inter Miami. We dominated possession in the first half uh, and our, we started deciding, we, we decided also that um, we're going to, to you know turn over the ball and we decided that we're going to you know uh you know have cavalry you know kind of in a way you know do their game even though we dominated most of the chances in the attack and in a few set pieces um we we didn't really capitalize again in in the chances right and i think this is going to be huge for us coming to facing the columbus and the cincinnati's and the and, and the austins you know these are some of the things that we got to do now I, I do have to say that uh luis muriel um fairly active um definitely showing that he's a player that's a dp that's gonna definitely gonna contribute in the attacking third and he's definitely not selfish, right? Uh, first, first, uh, first start, and then you know, boom, first assist also with 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 Orlando. So um, he was very hungry throughout the first half. Also, I do have to say that Ramir Enrique uh, was looking for for that goal the whole game, and so uh, the chances were there, but we were just being effective in the first half. It seems that we will lose the ball pretty easy. And then we had a, a, we were facing a team that didn't have the players that maybe we had. So they couldn't really capitalize on those chances. Although that Vevin goal, for example, was a mistake by our back line. Probably one of the few mistakes they made the whole, the whole, the whole game. But in, in a game like what we're going to be facing on the weekend, it could definitely hurt us tremendously so we got to definitely watch out for that paula do you um the first half do you see it the same way i i tend to agree with Luis that um i do have some concerns sometimes when we're failing to generate enough chances quality chances but also i 
do think there's a certain element of uh, the energy that cavalry brought, right? Just trying to close us down. And they, they kind of gave us everything in that first half. And then once the first goal went in, it's, they, I think their heads dropped. Um, do you see the first half as, as anything different or are you concerned by that? I mean, I'm, I'm concerned, but I'm not concerned. And let me explain why, because we were playing with the bench, right? We didn't have our key players in the first half. But at the same time, what happens when our key players are not in? We need to we need to get that better and 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 correct it as soon as possible. Um, I agree. I I agree. And it happened when we went to Calvary. Like they were pushing us for the first 20 minutes, and then after the first goal, they drop. Like I I think it it was more mental for them. So so yeah, I agree with with both. And uh, some great goals in this one. You know, uh, we talked about the Luis Muriel assist. That personally, for me, I thought was, was an incredible moment and shows, like you said, Luis, you know, that he's going to bring so much more than just goals from that position. He's going to yeah, be. Yeah, he uh, had that 1v1 also in the beginning yeah. of the game. He went 1v1 with uh, Carducci and he tried to do this back heel <laughs> thing again and he didn't pan out. Carducci got it, like barely touched it. So it was he, a good uh, save. he definitely could have scored. I was hoping for a debut goal. Um, I, he's the kind of guy who can create. Um, and I think it was nice to see him linking up with Nico. And there was a great photo, Luis, that we posted from LPO. So um, he's, of those he's saving two. those goals for Saturday. Yeah, right. Oh, I mean, man. but just getting him on the field before Saturday was great. And the amount of minutes he got was good. And I think that we, we all see, given time, that he's going to be really really good for us so that that was a, a massive plus um paula we already talked about it a little bit but uh enrique we thought we've discussed before that we think he's more of a left winger um this game what a goal from him mm -hmm. i my question around him is is he consistent enough and do we think that he's going to be able to do stuff like that regularly um, and maybe regularly enough at some point in the season to compete for a starting role? Question mark. I mean, it's tough because Angulo is in that position, right? I mean, let's say, <clears throat> sorry, let's say that Duncan went, uh, goes away, right? He can fill that spot out and he can start for Duncan instead of uh, Muriel. When Muriel cannot start, Enrique is there. Now, about the consistency, you you said that really important word, consistency. We Like, I don't know. Like, we have seen this type of goal from him last season, not like the golazo that he did on on Tuesday, right? It was Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Um, we, we saw it in, uh, in a different type of way, but we saw him outside of the box. I think that's his spot. Like that corner left hand corner is, is him. He dominates it. The consistency. I don't know. I think he's desperate to prove Oscar Pareja to have a, a role, even though that he's proving himself, but he needs to, I don't know. He needs to calm down sometimes and don't overstep himself because we saw him in in Montreal. But if he he if he plays like he played on Tuesday, I can I can see him more often starting 
but not like a, like a winger. I don't know. Angulo needs to – it has to happen like in a scenario like, like Tuesday night. Like Angulo needs to rest. I can see Enrique starting because who else? Like who else we got? Mohamed too, but at the same time, we're like shortish in that position from, from the roster. So let's see if he has consistency. I think the upcoming games will answer that questions to us. I, I think I sorry think you go ahead, Luis. I think he needs to embrace his supporting role. And um I like him better coming off the bench as a one-two punch because he's truly that. He's a one-two punch. So if you're trying to change the pace of that particular flank, you bring Ramiro with all that energy, and he's going to probably either deliver th that type of golasso or like the goal he did against Columbus last year, right? So that's kind of Ramiro bringing you that. Now, would I see him starting? Sure. I see him starting in some games, you know, um, if you want, if we're if we are you know four four wins ahead or you know we're you know we're beating everybody and we want to give Angulo a little bit of a rest and maybe even Galese, um, we can. I mean, he's gonna have plenty of time because some of these players are gonna be called up by their national team. You know, what if Angulo is called up by Colombia? You know what I mean? Um, that, then he he becomes a starter regularly so I, I think his, his turn is going to happen i think he's just enjoying the ride right now for what i talked to him um after this game he seems very confident and none of the players seem they all have that sense of they want to really like like their their test the real test for them it's what's coming up in the weekend they all are talking about how they're not pleased with what happened last year Uh, also talking about Tigress, that they're not pleased what happened with Tigress. So they have like this little revenge tour type of thing, you know, and, and, and I like that because I think it makes the game more interesting. And somebody like Ramiro, it's definitely going to be able to bring some energy out of this game. I think with Ramiro, he now is the first like sub winger, essentially. Uh, and we really don't have a lot of depth in those wing positions. So if we're starting Angulo and we're starting Faku and you're starting Ojeda as your number 10, you're sort of, you've got to take a winger off and bring a winger on. Enrique is the first obvious choice there. And for that reason, I feel like he will, he will play or not. Even when Nico's coming on, we're seeing Nico play more centrally, not necessarily. I don't think he's going to put Nico on the wing. So for me, I think Enrique will be, Like you said, that that first guy off the bench, and that's fine for now. And we'll, we'll see where he goes from there. Um, but it's great to have such depth and such quality coming off the bench. You know, look at the guy who could do that doesn't make our team. I think it shows. Uh, it says it shows how much strength we've got at the moment. Um, Paula, any other thoughts on the game on Tuesday or anything else you want to talk about? I mean, I'm excited to see more of Muriel. Right, he had a tremendous. Um, first 70 minutes um like we said he's not selfish uh he he contributed that assist to nico and i think this will well nico will gain more confidence for saturday so i'm 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 pumped because we saw a little bit of muriel and and remember he just got here he he would he trained like two weeks 
with the team and that's it. So I'm I'm really excited to see what's gonna gonna happen on, on Saturday. I think our guest is here, guys. Oh great. That moves us perfectly on to our next segment where we talk all about Inter Miami. Welcome to Franco. Franco, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Got a haircut today, although it's looking a little messy on top because I didn't get the comb it. But uh, <laughs> here we are. Here we are. How are you guys? How are you, man? So you know Luis from your uh, connections, right? Together in the world of Peru. And the Peruvian connections that exist. Peruvian connections. <laughs> every every Peruvian knows every Peruvian by one or two people. It's like scientifically yeah. proven. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. Well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, as we ramp up for you know El Clasico del Sol, what do you you guys have a name for it yet? We we're bounding around a few names, so we're not I mean, sure. I've called it since the first season. El Clásico del Sol, because it can translate to English, Sunshine Clásico. It's nice and simple. Yeah. For me, it's not like reflects of what you know Florida is, <laughs> what, the, what the rivalry or the derby is. Um, I, I, like I'm not, like I get that there's a portion of the American audience that likes li- really gimmicky names like El Tráfico or El Tráfico, which I think is horrendous. Yeah. It's a terrible name for a derby. Like nowhere else in the world. Our Darby's like giving these like little silly, ridiculous names. Like it's just like an American thing. Like a, a segment of the American population just loves like gimmicky and silly and goofy names for whatever reason. Like I don't know any. Do, do you know any, any goofy names for any basketball rivalries? Like you know, back in the days, you know, with the Celtics and the Lakers, did they call that and they make a, you know a funny name about that? Oh, it's just it's a rivalry. It's a rivalry. <laughs> no, but that's all, that's just that's my soccer. first tangent. That's my first. That's my first rant of the day. I've, I've been holding that one in for a long time. Uh, I got one for you. We have the war on I-4 back in yeah. the day when we used to play the rowdies. How do you translate that to Spanish? That's, <laughs> that's, a that's great why for, like, for, for, like, for Miami and Orlando, I think it has to be something that easily translates to both languages, yeah. especially since Miami. Inner Miami has adopted very heavily and leaned very heavily into the latin and spanish and hispanic side of things it has you guys to be are basically barca so you know it makes <laughs> sense so we could kind of be like the real right you know there, there you go, go there you go there you go um, um, i just wanted to ask you franco about your guys expectations this year um obviously i think you want to win trophies i'm interested uh what kind of trophies you as a fan base and um, you personally would like for miami to win i mean so i think the fan base in general you know, wants to see the team win as much as possible, right? And, and with the team they have and the names they have, obviously that's understandable. For my reporter's seat, what I think is more realistic than trying to win everything, because yes, they can try, they can attempt, but like we're talking realistic approach of what 2024 can bring. I mean, I think MLS Cup, that's, I think that's the realistic goal. I mean, I know they've talked about Champions Cup, which they'll start to compete in next week against Nashville SC. Look, they can beat any MLS team on any given day. This is they have Messi playing fields a bit more even and level. Against top-tier Mexican teams that have the spending ability to buy players at all positions that are equally as talented, I just don't see Inter Miami being that good. Yes, Messi might be able to get you out of one game, maybe two games, but at some point it's going to catch up to you. At some team, at some point, in my opinion, the cream will rise to the top and one of those Mexican teams is going to beat this Inter Miami team. If Inter Miami even gets past Nashville, you know, so like there's only been one MLS team that's won well, what was called the Champions League, it's now called the Champions Cup. And there's a reason for that. It's just it's difficult to, to do, even if you have Messi. I'm not I'm not saying they don't have any chance to advance and get far in the tournament, but at some point I just don't see them winning that that tournament. So MLS Cup is to me the most realistic trophy that they can compete for. 
I mean, they're open cup. They're probably not going to be competing in based on, you know, what we're seeing out there for other MLS teams. Uh, Leagues cup, they've already won. So, I mean, they could go for that again, but how much does it really mean to win a second (laughs) Leagues cup? Two-time Leagues Cup champion. I mean, what what, what is that? that, What does that do for anybody? And then the Supporter Shield, just with the aging legs that they have, and, you know, Messi's going to be gone with Argentina for the Copa America and different uh, international clubs throughout the year. I just don't see them having that consistency to be a Supporter Shield winner this year. Just It's going to be a lot of rotation throughout the year. they got to keep those... Los Cuatro Fantásticos, which Luis Piñera will know from our yeah, no. days. That's what I, 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 do, I borrowed that nickname from Peru. Yeah, but I I'm have. Using it, I'm using it with Inter Miami now. I have bad memories for that name. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it didn't go too well for for. Yeah, it didn't Peru, go too but, well for Peru. Well, anyway, yeah. with the Fantastic Four, the Cuatro Fantásticos, uh, you know, they're going to be rotated. They're going to get rested. They're not going to play game in and game out. So, especially, I mean, Suarez and Messi, especially. So, I see it kind of like up and down, like a rote. Like, there's going to be yeah. times when you guys are hot and everybody's fit and you're playing well, and then there's going to be times when you're going to have to play some of the younger <laughs> right, French guys, and Absolutely. you're not going to have Messi, and yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It's interesting that you guys, you, you, you know, putting so much stock in the end of the season. There's so much time. So as long as you kind of fit at the end of the year, there's always a chance. I agree. Yeah, with you guys. yeah I mean, that I think that's just the realistic approach to it. I mean, if they pick something up along the way, fantastic. I don't think they're ready now in terms of where they are in their season. Yeah, we're, you know, kind of looking more like we'd like to be good all year and perhaps go for like the supporter shield. Our squads are. A little bit different, you know, differently no, I mean, built. But Orlando's um, been together for a long time. They, the core's been together for a long time. You've added some really interesting pieces with Luis Muriel up top, lethal Colombian striker. You have Nicolas Lodeiro, who's already got on the score sheet the other day. So, I mean, there's interesting pieces that have been added to help the top part and, you know, the, the rest of the roster to make that type of team, to have that type of roster that can compete through the course of an MLS season. So, I mean, absolutely, Orlando – Definitely one of the favorites in the East for my money um, and definitely for the supporter shield. But we'll I see think how things That's play good, out. right? You guys like that we're competitive and that we're up there. And I mean, imagine that you want somebody to compete with and to be up there. I think this, the Classico del Sol could be some of the best games this year that MLS has to offer. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a little uh, miffed that it's this early in the season. Like, it yeah. really takes away some of the buzz from I the game. Normally, it happens later in the year when. You know, the, the initial fever of, of MLS season starting back up again has died down and then it picks back up for that game. Uh, but, yes, I do think that the games should be uh, a spectacle. I think this weekend's is going to be really good. I think we're going to see goals. Uh, and I think it should make for, you know, adding that that next layer and that next chapter to the to the rivalry. Obviously, we saw last year got pretty chippy when Orlando City started marking Messi personally and tightly, and he didn't like that too much. So I, I can only imagine if – the goals are going back and forth and leads are being changed and exchanged that it's going to be uh, another heck of a, a spectacle and then a good one for the neutrals and for fans for both sides. And that's what we, we really hope for. Um, we're going to move on to talking about your team and kind of give you a minute here to run through. I hope Luis will pull up the lineup for us from your last game or, sure. and you can kind of talk about what you think uh, the changes will be from the LA game. Mm-hmm to against us on Saturday. Obviously you had a whole week to rest. You know, we've, uh, we've, we did quite a bit of rotation on Tuesday for our, our champions league game. So we're hoping to put out uh, a pretty strong side too. Um, but go ahead, uh, Franco, and tell us what do you think the lineup's going to be for Saturday? 
So it's interesting, right? Because if you're asking me what I think Tata's going to do, that's different than what I would do, right? But we'll go with what Tata's, what I think Tata's going to do because he's the head coach. And what I think he's going to do, and I'm not saying I agree with this, but what I think he's going to do, if everyone's healthy, sticks with that same 11. Because they won, they won at home against Real Salt Lake. They weren't overly convincing against the LA Galaxy, but they got a point on the road. Getting a result away from home in MLS we know is – not the easiest task. So I, I don't think the LA Galaxy are going to be a bad team this year, especially with paint still in there. I think they're going to be a pretty decent team. So they have four points out of six to start the season. I think Tata will look at that on the balance and be like, all right, you know, there's room for improvements for sure. But with what they have available right now, this is probably the lineup you're looking at. Maybe, maybe you could see Leo Campana coming from Luis Suarez. Maybe, but I, I doubt it. I doubt it. Even though is Luis Suarez... Fit? Is is Suarez fit? He doesn't look fully fit. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't look, look fit, man. He doesn't look fully fit. But I think he looks like he's in pain to me, honestly. That's what, a lot of people are saying that. I don't know if I would go that far yet. I think he's just it's a mixture of fatigue and frustration. I think it's a and he's also older, right? He's also a little bit older. He definitely has knee problems. Um I know he's talked about his his knee issues and whatnot, but I think he'll get going. Once they get going a little bit more, Tata Martino talked recently about the fact that, yes, look, Messi and, and Suarez, they understand each other, but it's about the rest of the players understanding his movements and, and figuring it out. He's also adapting to a new league. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen in Orlando. I saw it when I was up uh, in New Jersey covering the Red Bulls. You know, when players come from abroad, even the top level players, you know, that first season, sometimes it takes them a year to, to get their feet under them. Um, you saw it with Thierry Henry, you saw it with Tim Cahill. Sometimes it takes, you know, an adaptation period to really get going. So I, I can't imagine that Suarez um, won't get going at some point. I think he will. I mean, he just did it in Brazil. I think Brazil top flight is more competitive than MLS. Yeah, for so, sure. I, you know, and he's a year older, more wear and tear, absolutely. But I think at some point the ball will start going into the back of the net for him and he'll look much, much more lethal. And then we won't be talking about this slow start of the season for him. But I think that could be the only change, the only change. Campana for Suarez, I wouldn't bet on it, though. I think this, this 11 again. I think you're right about Suarez. I kind of see it as like he he looks at the pain, but it's probably partly pain because he's not getting the service that he's like wanting and used to. He looks a exactly. little bit frustrated up there, especially in yeah. that LA game. He's like turning around and you know shouting at the guys like, "Give me the ball, I'm Luis exactly. Suarez." And, and, and Tata said that there at the post game press conference that because they asked him about Suarez. Of course, it's a big talking point so far through the first couple weeks of the season, and he said. Suarez was just unfortunate to be on the field during the first 60 minutes, which is when we played some of our worst soccer of this game. He's like, well, we played our best soccer in the second half, and he wasn't on the field for much of it. So, you know, he chalked it up to that. He's, he's not raising any any uh, concerning flags just yet, but obviously he's the head coach, so he's got to manage all that publicly and privately. I would say one more possible change. Uh, I mean, Diego Gomez came out of the last game with looked like a little bit of a knock, but I think he might be okay. The one change we could see, though, if everyone is healthy, Nicolas Freire, the Argentine center back, for Sergio Cristal. I think that's a, a switch we could see. Um, they're very high on Freire. Obviously, he's coming back and working his way back to 100% healthy after being out for four months with an injury. Um, but he played in the preseason finale against Newell's Old Boys. Um, looked solid. I think that they really, really rate him. I think he's a starting center back on this team when he's healthy and ready. Don't know if he's ready yet. He didn't start against the Galaxy, but if he is, I could see him stepping into this lineup. 
Um, what about Redondo? I haven't followed up what happened there. Is he is he around? Is he potentially going to come on? or? So he is around, but he has not officially taken part in training yet because his visa is not in. He's just in and around the facility. Now, can that visa arrive at Friday at 11.59 p.m. and that makes him available for the Saturday afternoon evening game? Yes, um, and we've seen that cases of that in MLS before. So as of right now, not eligible to play, but don't rule them out in time. You never know. All righty, Paula, do you have any uh, questions for Franco on the, the, the lineup? I haven't also here. mentioned the other M word. <laughs> I've had to say Miami like a hundred times, which hurts me every time. I got to tell you, but uh, the other M word we haven't mentioned. No, um, I guess I, I was gonna ask about Kremaski. Like, I know that he's injured, but I don't know if he's gonna come to this because uh, I saw him like coming back but I'm not 100% sure if he can come back to to the Saturday game I, no, I really doubt but yeah he's, he's he's not he's not there yet he's not ready yet gotcha. um, he, he's working his way back he's made appearances in training doing some work but he's he's still still a bit of ways away and like that's why I said if you look at the lineup I think it's going to be mostly the same just because if not all entirely the same because there's not a lot of proven options uh, or a lot of options that are in that first group of 18 players or so that are healthy and available. Redondo, right now, no visa. Kremaski's injured. You know, so, so there's just some... Freire has been, in, you know, not healthy yet or not fully healthy yet. So there's... Tata, in terms of his first choice 11, is pretty limited unless he wants to tap into that depth, which I don't think he wants to do just yet at this early point in the season. So the options are a bit limited there. I mean, again, I don't think Julian Gressel... We haven't talked about this, but I talked about it on the podcast yesterday, my podcast... Um, Julian Gressel has been playing in the midfield. I think it's more of necessity than anything else because he just hasn't looked good there. I think when Redondo steps in, Redondo starts in that spot on the right side of the, the midfield three, and then Gressel drops in as the right back. DeAndre Edlin then maybe goes to the bench. Um, but the, the options are limited for starting 11 by and large. I saw a lot of the MLS uh, pundits there talking great about calendar. And not so much about Pedro Alese. So you know, I'm just I'm just asking you. Did, did Alonso you know, I, did Alonso set you up for that? I don't want to put you in a in a in a in a bad uh, situation, but is calendar the the American Pedro Alese? No, no, not even close, not even close. But I'll, I'll say this because I know Alonso Contreras, Alonso, Alonso Purple, who is now like technically unofficially Alonso Pink because he's coming down to. Miami games much more now, so I know, um, anyway, right? shout out to Alonso Pink. You um, got out Alonso, bro. People know <laughs> him here. Listen, man, the facts are the facts. The facts are the facts. I just yeah. report the facts. You know, I, I yeah. what you guys think about the facts, that's up to you. Um, but no, listen, I said it last year. I mean, Pedro Alessi is obviously more experienced, he's been to a world cup. He's at a later point in his career. Right now, Pedro Alessi is the better goalkeeper than Trey Calvin. Is he the better shot stopper? Maybe not, but overall, all-around goalkeeper, Pedro Alessi, for me, is the better goalkeeper. You can say that I'm Peruvian, and that's my Peruvian bias, yeah. but that's, I mean, I just no. think he's a better goalkeeper. He's more polished goalkeeper at this point in state. Calendar, he can make incredible saves. In this game against the Galaxy, he deserved to be man of the match, in my opinion. He deserved to get the team of the week honors that he got, but that was his first really good game in right. a while. Like, preseason, he wasn't looking too good. With the ball at his feet, he's made improvements, but he's still not that very good with that. With the ball at his feet in possession, he, he looks nervy at times. Not that doesn't give you that that sense of security when he has the ball at his feet. So, can he surpass Pedro Alves at some point in his career if he keeps on this upward trajectory? Sure, but right now, 
hands down for me, Pedro Alves is the better goal. Now, we, um, sorry, go, just, just, just last question I had was um, Messi, right? A lot of people say, hey, you know, put two men, you know, to mark Messi. Do you think that's the the good way to, to go about Messi? Or, you know, because I, I really have not seen a team, but maybe LA, you know, that maybe, you know, play their own game and let Messi be Messi and and still he was able to score, you know. Uh I just I just don't don't know, you know, how to decipher you know the Messi factor here. You know, because you know a lot of a lot of pundits say, hey, you put two men to Messi and then he's gonna crumble down. And and, and I have not seen that yet. So so what are your thoughts regarding putting two men to Mark Messi? I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't think that's what Oscar Pareja does. I think Oscar Oscar Pareja, who's well-versed in this league, smart head coach, tactical head coach, I think he's going to do and follow the blueprint that has been laid out for how to slow Inter Miami down. That doesn't mean you're going to negate Messi 100%, but it helps slow them down. And that is Shadow Busquets. Shadow Busquets, don't allow him to find those easy forward passes to Messi. Forward Busquets. Make Busquets pass out to Gressel or to Diego Gomez and make one of those guys try to find Messi. And that's where Inter Miami has struggled. It's only been two weeks, but that's where they've struggled. When Busquets is shadowed and he's covered, last game it was you know blanketed by Ricky Pugh. He said in the availability on Wednesday, he's like, Ricky Pugh said, desatendió el partido. He wasn't even paying attention to the game. He's just following Busquets around. If you do that, you're cutting off the supply line to Messi and the other players aren't as technically gifted. They don't get him the ball in as dangerous positions consistently enough. That's why you saw him in the LA Galaxy game drop back often to come find the ball and come pick it up. If you can slow down Busquets, you will lower the impact that Messi can have, and that gives you a better chance of winning. And I fully expect that is what we will see from Orlando City. We've seen it from so many teams since last year after the initial wave, and Messi was really hot during the Leeds Cup. After that, you saw teams starting to figure out, all right, slow down Busquets. You're slowing down Messi. That gives you, as the opposing team, the better chance of winning that game. Doesn't guarantee anything. Messi can still, you know, he gets a ball outside the 18, just rickish falls to him, and he just smashes it home. I mean, you have to live with that. But uh, in terms of just stopping his impact from the run of play and from the balance of play, stopping Busquets is key. Uh, I agree. And that brings us on to our lineup. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Orlando City, uh, who might be in the sort of be mid positions and assigned to uh, Busquets and assigned to Messi. Uh, I think, you know, we've got a lot of strength in our D mids. I think you could put Wilder on, you know, Busquets all day. You could put Sergio, I'm sorry, you could put uh, um, Cesar on him all day and, and that would work. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who is given what role, like who's also got to mark Messi because someone's got to follow him around all day, even though, you know, they might not be able to mark him so well. But uh, someone's got to be on him all the time as well. Uh, Luis, who do you have? Sir, obviously Pedro and Goal. Who do you think our, our back four is going to be? Um, well, I think our back four, um, based on speed just alone, um, I think it'll be Jansen, and uh, we may see Bracalo or oh, Brecolo. Sorry, Brecolo, Brecolo. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Uh, yes, I think definitely Brecolo to help with plus, the speed or the lack of speed of Jansen. Plus, Miami only has maybe one tape of him, if that. So the unpredictability of Brecolo could be important. And he almost scored a goal of a set piece, which we haven't had in a long time. So um, 
I'll go with them too. I don't know if Paulo agrees. Your fullbacks. I will go obviously Rafa Santos, and I will go with Dagger Dan. The other day, Franco, I likened Dagger Dan to Julian Gressel, in the sense that he's a D mid, like right back, like he can. He's a creative playmaker from any of those positions. Um, so we're really excited about him this season. I think he could be a, a hidden threat that Miami. Would mark does he have a lot that of crossing our, ability, other... though? Does he have that crossing Oh, he, he does. Yeah, he can hit yeah. a ball. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. But is I, that, I is think that Paolo? Because... Did I hear Paolo speak again? I, was, <laughs> I, was just, like, I think they charged Paolo, or yeah, they charged Paolo by the by the word. She's yeah, like, we don't we don't let Paolo say that much because she proves she knows more than us, and then we get embarrassed. <laughs> uh, no, but this is a section that Paolo could go ahead and, and give us the rest of the lineup. Of course, put those two. Midfielder Cesar Araujo and Wilder Cartagena right there. Those are twin towers right there. That cannot miss. No, I, I ask you a I, question. I love the Spanish nicknames for players, bro. Just like the creativity <laughs> that we have is is like there's a, there's a colleague from Argentina named Jorge Flaitas, uh, if I'm not mistaken. This is from back in the days. I mean, when the New York Red Bulls had Aaron Long and Tim Parker, who are obviously two very tall, physical center backs, he would refer to them in the halftime talks, and then he would just have me dying laughing as Eso Terminator. I couldn't stop laughing. Clearly, they're not very technical, but they're just like physical monsters, and it just like it just fits so well. It fits so well. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's a good one. That is a good one. Hopefully, someone like makes it a thing for some other center back duo. Right. Hopefully, it like becomes a thing for somebody at some point. Because it was just between us. I wish I had actually gone mainstream. That was fantastic. Yeah, we got the Holland of the Heartland. So, watch the out. Holland of the Heartland. Yeah. Paula, who's your uh, attacking three and, and the striker? Uh, this is a difficult one, but I'm gonna go with Nico Loredo in the middle. Sheesh. Good sign. I was Very thinking about sign. Ojeda, but I'm like, nah, I think Nico is going to start on this one. And then Faku right there. Then, you know. Angulo. Junior, Angulo. And there, there's I, a nickname I like that Luis has given out. Yeah, Angulo Vinny is, Jr. Is Mini Vinny. Mini Vinny. Shout out to the amount of American players that will be playing in this game. Is, it's not going to be very <laughs> <laughs> Zero. Well, Lodeiro, right? He's, he's, hey, he's, it's he's not El Clasico del Sol That's for right, no exactly, reason. Okay? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the, 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 the South American, Central American vibes are strong here. Interesting. Inter-Miami might have more American players than Orlando City because they're going to have at least Yedlin and I think you yeah. have better American players than us. I'll say that. Who will be your nine, Paula? Muriel. It's gotta be Muriel, man. We gotta start Muriel. In a rivalry game, a classic, you need that. You need that jerarquia, that know-how. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. I, I think, think this the is it. Only debate we can have is is Ojeda versus Laredo in that yep. ten position, and mm-hmm. I I tend to swing with you, Paula, that it's gonna be Laredo because. I think that experience Oscar will want in this game against this big opposition. I agree. I was thinking about that. I'm like, should Ojeda start? But at the same time, Nico has is a veteran. Like we need that veteran yeah. leadership in the in the in the war war 
court on Saturday. So I, I go with Nico. I am just a little concerned about Araujo and Cartagena in a way of just yellow cards and red cards because, I mean, I mean, you know, you got Messi, right? And you know, you know, the thing that what happened with the referees and all those really horrible call-ups like that. Uh, you know, no foul. You know, by the Galaxy. You know, pretty much that got him ten men. Uh, I have a feeling that you know Cartagena needs to be like clinical, like they he 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 needs to be that guy. He needs to tap on Ultra Instinct. He needs to tap on Super Saiyan. He needs to be just like 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 a like a really well cutting knife. You know what I mean? If he's just gonna be a little sloppy, you know, he's gonna get two yellow cards and then he's out. And then you have Araujo, and I think he dabs on that too. So I, I just feel like. That may be our Achilles heel. I am I concerned about cards, definitely. Yeah, I, I am. More, I'm more concerned about the amateur-ish refs because honestly, yeah, that's what horrible. they are that we've got right now. I mean, even, but I'm concerned. Even, even the pro refs, even the pro refs, yeah. give Messi some favoritism. Yeah. Oh. You know, what I'm oh, yeah. like, I mean, yeah, but not but even worse. favoritism. <laughs> I'm mainly concerned about them losing control of the game. Like, I think that it could get. So we saw in the League's Cup the the level of like intensity and the heat between. Like, if we're gonna mark Messi like that, you know, he gets upset. Busquets gets upset. We start getting upset. The whole thing can escalate very quickly. Right. And if you've got these guys in the refs who cannot control all of these stars on the field, then it becomes a big problem really quickly. But I'm glad that you understand, Franco, you agree a little bit with us that you guys oh, absolutely. perhaps have some slight advantage when, I mean, I saw Busquets pretty much bully <laughs> this referee yeah, in true. LA. Do, do you see it that way a little bit? Do you, do you guys aware that you're, you're kind of doing that? I'm a reporter. I am unbiased and impartial by nature. So while I cover this team and I have these jerseys in the background to show that I'm covering this team, I call it how I see it, man. And Messi definitely gets the calls in his favor more often than not. And they also work the referees. These guys have played at the highest levels with some of the top referees in the game. And they know how to work these refs. They know how to get in their ear, how to get in their head. It's not stuff that you, when you watch it on TV or you're watching it from the press box or the stands even, that you're like, oh, okay, this is impacting the game. But it absolutely impacts the game. These are human beings. And if, you know, you have one guy convincing you enough and he's, you know, convincing enough, then, all right, that's going to play a factor in your decision making. You're not supposed to. That's why you're the ref. You're impartial. But it does play a factor. And absolutely, they know what they're doing and they know how to do it. But it's no different. I'll say that that part is different. But the other part of the favoritism for special players and star players. I mean, that's, that's goes across the board in any sport, basketball, the top players get calls that, you know, the other yeah. players don't get. It's, it's just par for the course. It's unfortunate, but it's a reality of just human nature. So, and, you know, we're not unknown for, you know, push, pushing the limits of what we do as a team, right? Where, you yeah, know, Oscar drills our team to be, yeah, I, I'll I like, the, I the like that though. I like that. You know, we're bullish, right? We, we like to, we're not afraid to put a tackle in. We're not afraid to stand nasty. up That's for fine. ourselves. Wrong with yeah, that. I think there's a little bit of grit in, in our team. So I don't think that it's all right. Miami. I think Nasty's it could, not be, bad. It could be bad. both ways, right? We could be a little nasty. You could be getting up a little upset. And I, I just kind of see this one, um, getting out of hand and I think that would be a shame because I'd love to see these two teams go out at a fairly called game yeah. and a game that like we can say okay it was it was all calls or even and there was no favoritism so just so we can say 
honestly like who is you know what i mean who has the better yeah. result without any of that sort of question mark asterisk at the end and i was telling alonzo i was like these people are gonna probably call up like do you imagine these these referees calling the world cup come on man like this is disgraceful like these refs like even pro it's just like a joke you know like i, I honestly i think it's gonna be they gotta do something about that man they got they gotta do something about pro they gotta you know infantino needs to you know needs to you know dump some money or something you know uh to to to, to better give them like some sort of training or something tell us I'm hoping they'll figure it out, man, because I don't want to go with these other refs for a while longer. But we'll move on to final scores. Um, Franco, can you give us your prediction on the final score and uh, then who's going to score those goals? So I think Orlando City is going to put up a hell of a fight against Inter Miami. I think they're going to give them the toughest test to the three weeks of the regular season. Um, I think Inter Miami will find a way at home. I, I can see this going anyway. I can see a draw. I can see Inter Miami losing. But if you have to, if you're asking me, I gotta stick with what I said yesterday. I gotta be consistent. I think Inter Miami wins in a Clásico of the Clásico. I think they win three to two. I think it'll be one of the more memorable matches. Hopefully, hopefully it's not like a dog fight and it's zero zero to the 89th minute and then maybe someone scores late off the penalty kick call. It was controversial. Hopefully, it's the opposite of that. Hopefully, we see a good game with a lot of goals. I can't imagine Inter Miami doesn't concede in this one because just defensively they're just not great and they're listen they're they're apuesta like we would say, Luis is that, you know, their bet is to overwhelm you in the attack with what they have. They throw numbers forward, they like to have the ball, and they want Messi and Suarez and the, Robert Taylor to do their magic in the final third. Look, you can score two, but if Inter Miami scores three, then they'll take that. I think that's what they're betting on. They're not looking to be a defensive-minded team that's going to close the spaces. They want to score on you. They'll give up some goals and some chances, but they think they'll uh, outdo you blow for blow. So three to two Inter Miami wins. And you got, like, probably a goal for Messi – yeah, I think, I think Messi gets one. I think Suarez gets one. Suarez, okay. There we go. Paula, uh, you give us your score prediction and, and who's getting those goals. Oh, I think I want the three points so bad. And I think the team wants the three points so bad. It could go both ways, but I will see us winning four to three. Wow, that would be a fun game. Four oh, six, I, 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 I want to see goals on Saturday. I'm, I'm saying. That is I, El Clasico del Muriel, Sol right there. Muriel show us on four Tuesday that he's like saving those goals for Saturday. I don't know. So let's see. Don Garber would sign off on that. Yeah, Don Garber. He'd like, love yeah. it. He'd absolutely love it. <laughs> Luis, uh, your prediction, buddy. To me, it's going to be a choppy game. I think uh, Orlando wins it with 10 men. Um, one nil. One nil. Hmm. Of a, that's of a that's set quite a prediction. That's so who's prediction. scoring in this one nil Pappy special? Uh, David Brecolo. Brecolo. Okay, Brecolo. What a prediction, brother! I want to know who's getting sent off for into Miami. Probably Wilder. Well, probably, and uh, I don't know. I, I'll say Wait, you said uh, ten men for us. Who gets sent off? Cesar Araujo. Oh, oh we're Araujo. down to okay. 10 men. Okay, got Yeah, it. we're down with 10 men. I thought you said Miami was down to 10 no, men. I no, no, I like, think oh, we, win, we, we win it like, like Rocky two. Like, we win it like <laughs> like falling down, man. I we think, win yeah. it like just with a final slot well, a horrible with nobody team. on the field. Yeah, Brecolo comes in. He takes his shirt off and stuff. It's a Superman. 
<laughs> well, these are all some really exciting games. I'm 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 excited to watch all of these play out. I'm gonna go for I'm gonna say two one to Orlando City. I think Messi gets a goal. I think we we score first, then they reply. And then I think at the end of the game, we our subs just do it for us. I think we bring on the likes of Ojeda and you know Duncan. We just got that depth that I think you guys just don't have. So if we exhaust you and maintain you to like one or two goals, then we can kind of push at the end of the game and hopefully get that that winner. That's the way I see it. Uh, I'm really hoping that we're going to be the the guys to take you down first. That would put a smile on our faces. Um, Franco, like you said, you're neutral, but uh, we all we all know that you want to win this game. Too. <laughs> I honestly don't care. Hey, listen, I covered I covered Orlando City when there was no MLS team in Florida, and I covered the beginning of Orlando City. And I so what you're saying Orlando is City. Orlando City's better. Okay, that's cool. That's what we heard here. You heard it here <laughs> first, everybody. A little bit you of heard it here first. He's impartial, <laughs> man. I used to travel from New York to come to the events in Central Florida. Really? Orlando City was starting up. Well, they were we just the USL team playing in the, the Disney tournament. So I have I have a special place in my journalistic uh, cap for Orlando City. Anybody who watched us play down in the wide world of sports has my respect. Yeah, so, right here. There you go. <laughs> um, Let me ask you. Wait, Fra Franco, do you like our away kit for this year? Mm. I like the home kit. Well, I like the home kit. The oh, the home kit, not the purple one, not the new lavender kit one. Ah, oh, come on! No, never mind. You it's don't have pink. a little bit of your purple heart anymore. <laughs> I didn't say I had purple heart. I said I have a special place in my journalistic uh, career. No, no, I'm just hat. joking. I'm just joking. Uh, I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing you. Well, Franco, you, this... you guys love that jersey. You guys love it, or you guys? Just oh like... no, I love, it, love it. it. No, we yeah, love yeah. it. We love it. It's like our history, though. You know, you guys don't know what that is, but, anyway. but is it because the, of the history or is it because of how it looks? It's, it's because it has the colors of the old uh, logo from USL. Like, this is a USL logo it, right it's here. It's the updated logo they did. It's so sick. Yeah. It you got to see it in IRL. No, you like, have look to at it in real in, life. Yeah, and in, in, in person. The it's pictures not, do not. Normalito. It's, it's just a normal jersey. It's a normal white MLS I think from no, the outside perspective, yeah. I can understand that completely. Like it's not, it's not that exciting of a jersey, but it means a lot to us. And the logo hey, is. Hey, listen, you know, heart pulls at the heart, pulls at the heart. No, I can't blame you for that. But from uh, just a you know pure, you know, aesthetic standpoint, I just don't see like why. Well, it didn't help like that fanatics put it Fanatic up and they made it look pink, and then everybody was like, "Oh, you guys want to be," you know. So that didn't help our well, case. Yeah. Enter a co-stadium, you know. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, know, we know. We know. <laughs> Don't go there. Uh, Franco, I'm going to give you the opportunity. Do you have any questions for us? Or this is sort of our guest wild card section. So Oof. tell us, you know, right. do you, what do you want to know about Orlando All City? Right. Oh, it's about Orlando City? I can't ask you guys about you? Oh, man. Oh, no, you can. You could ask Paula what she had for breakfast if you want. All right. That's a All wild right. card. Right. Well, well, I'll, start. I'll, I'll ask you a non-soccer question. Then if there's time, I'll ask you for a soccer question. All right. I'm going to start with Luis because this is easy for you. That gives you guys the other two time to think. I don't know where Paula's from, but I don't think she's uh, Peruvian. Favorite Peruvian dish? Dale, Luis, you start. Ceviche mixto. Ah, mixto, though. Yeah, mixto. Muy bien. Yeah, with ají, with ají. A lot of rocoto, rocoto. There you go. Okay. Who's next? There you go. Uh, I only had one Peruvian dish one time. But Luis, it was really good. Job. It, it was the, job. I think, the lomo, right? Lomo saltado. 
that with the like the beef and it was like slow. Oh, yeah. it was really good. Yeah, Bang. Bang. Luis, you gotta take me, man. You gotta take. Yeah, me. Come on, no, Luis. We have, we have so on, many plates. Come on, Luis. Yeah, yeah, I gotta take. Bad job being honorary Peruvian. I like the chaufa rice. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's good. And what about you, Franco? Oh, go ahead. We have so many, man. We have like literally, there's like the Peruvian <laughs> culinary. No, we book do. It's so wide and, and amplio. It's like it's ridiculous. There's so many good dishes, and I'm not just saying that to improve. Like legit Peruvian food is up there with the best of them. Um, what's my favorite? Oof. That's a good question, man. So many good ones. I mean, un ceviche rocoto, I like. Ceviche yeah, rocoto, that's nice what I'm spicy. saying. What is that? Ceviche it's, it's, with... It's like super spicy. It's a super like, spicy ceviche. Oh, so rocoto is like, this, it's like this pepper that's a spicy pepper that looks like a, like an apple, kind of, but it's it's an actual pepper. I, I'm not going to curse. I don't know if you guys curse on this podcast. I'm going to get crap for this. So the rocoto pepper is red. But when they squeeze it all out and they make the ceviche, ceviche normally is like, you know, the normal white color with the lime juice, but it becomes pink when they try yeah. to put the rocoto in there. So there you go. Make your jokes and talk all your yeah. nonsense about why I like ceviche. I also like a good pollo a la brasa. Yeah, the fries and the salad, un good pollo a la brasa, you can't, you can't go wrong with the pollo a la brasa. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right. Do you have any random Orlando City questions? Yes. Yeah, go. For all three of you. Shoot. Name me the most obscure Orlando City player in their history that you can think of. Okay. Oof. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> we, play this oh. game so, we, we play this game sometimes with the Inter-Miami press board. We're like, all right, it's only been four years, but let's name the most obscure players. And, you know, through an expansion year, and you guys had USL, so you can name some some pretty throwback names that only the diehards. If you guys really want to claim that you like this, you better come up with some really, <laughs> some really good names. If you don't Luis. come up with some really good names, so from USL, from go. USL time, go, yeah. it can be any. It can, it can be, be any time. I mean, there's some obscure players. MLS players. Yeah, Luis, you go. From USL time, well, I mean, El Goleador, Dennis Chin. Good one, good one, good one. Throwback, okay. okay. Throwback. Jamie Chin, his brother, who works with Chicago. Yeah, Cubs. that's right, Jamie. There you, yeah. there you go. Shout out to Jamie. Uh, I'm gonna go Mechak Jerome or Jerome Mechak. <laughs> I literally never knew whether it was. <laughs> One way around, or the I no one ever knew. Uh, he was a left back who played for us like way back in USL days, and yeah, he's just like one of my favorite old random players. But I nobody will remember Maychak, very few OGs. I remember the name, I remember the name. He was Haitian. I used to like Yotun when he was here. Imagine Yotun in this team right now, but with his skills back in 2018. What a player, man. What What a a player. player. What a player. Um, I won't say Dwyer for sure. Uh, um, Let me think. I think Yotun. Let me go with Yotun. I like Yotun a lot, and I think we didn't use him as we could have. Um, we were losing every game. We were then. losing every game, and <laughs> I mean, like I said, imagine Jotun here right now with this squad, but yeah. with his skills back in back in the day, not like now. So he would have been a nice left back in this team for, for sure. sure. Franco, all right, you're, you claim to be an OG. You pick one. <laughs> oh man, I'm blanking on his name, man. I'm blanking on his name, Carlos Rivas. Oh, no, 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 no,
Yes, because bad. he played in the Red Bulls. That's Man. why you remember uh, Rios. Well, I remember him from his Orlando City days. Don't bring they, the Rios juju. This guy, this guy will drive the ball like like he would drive the ball like like Messi. But then he will he will shoot like Carlos Rivas. Oh, I, I saw it up close when I covered the Red Bulls, so that's why I was like, oh man, I remember oh, the Carlos Rivas. Still to this day, if you hit one like a field goal, we call it a Rivas. A Rivas, yeah. You just rocket Rivas smacked it right into the top of the stadium. Arriba como Rivas. Okay, I got it. Paula, by the way, your tongue is not obscure. That does not count. That, I don't accept that answer. Your tongue is not obscure player in Orlando. Not between three Peruvians. No. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I cannot. I think let's let's go with a defender, Specter, Jonathan Specter. Oh but, yeah, that oh, guy. that's a good one. That I was also. One. I thought of PC. You guys remember PC? PC? Oh PC, okay. yes. PC. He's in Brazil, I think, right now. If I'm not. All righty. Well, we gotta, <laughs> that was a fun exercise. I that was great, but we <laughs> can sit here guys, all day. You guys are worthy. You guys are worthy of city players. You guys well, you brought up now. the wild world of sports. That for me, I was like, okay, that's you know what's up. That's OG. Um, we want to thank you for coming on, Franco. We appreciate your time um, talking Miami with us. It's been uh, interesting to get some insight from you on on how you guys are going to light up. Uh, we're going to get you one of these jerseys. You guys are all. I think you're going to really like it. Beautiful thing. You're going to really like it, IRL. So. Um, uh, thank you to everybody uh, who's with us live. Luis, you want to go through the comments before we head out? Yeah, definitely. Let me read some comments here. It says, Joshua Tall, let's capitalize on our chances versus Miami. Nijay Thompson, I say we see 8-10 to 10 match fixing in favor of the pink shit. <laughs> there you go. Her Herman, Herman says, Enrique and Ojeda will be a major force. Nijay Thompson, I say we have 8-10 to 10 match fixing. Uh, you're Joshua Tall. Yep, Enrique had a really good game, hundred percent. Hope he can keep it up. Hopefully, we score a few goals and defend good Saturday. Also, hopefully, refs won't be bad. There you go, Joshua. Thank you so much for everybody that commented on the on the pod today. Thank you for everybody who who joined us live. Um, if you're not and you're listening later on on Apple Music or Spotify, you know, go ahead and give us a follow and a five star rating. Uh, Luis, tell everybody where we can find Loud and Proud Orlando on social. Well, we can. Media. You can find uh, LPO at uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts at LPO Podcasts, also on, on X, Instagram, and Facebook, and YouTube as LPO underscore Podcast with Loud and Proud Orlando. So, thank you, everybody. Drop us a thumbs up. And Franco, tell everybody where they can find you if they're, you know, if they really want to hear about Messi. I guess they could follow you. Yeah, it's the Miami Total Football Radio podcast, or in English, Miami Total Football yeah. Radio. See, again, everything has to be bilingual here in South Florida, so you you know you get to reach both audiences. By the way, all three of you guys have fascinating, fascinating backgrounds. Like, I, like there's there's a hazy purple background there for Paola. Luis has got a bunch of decorations, and then you've got the all Orlando City OG and uh, and present day uh, material there. So, oh yeah. We, there's the YouTube channel. We do the live live show like this. We upload all the press conferences, all the interviews, post game practice, everything, keeping everyone as up to date on Inter Miami as possible. You'll see David Beckham appear every now and then. If, so if you only want to follow us for that, then please do and subscribe. <laughs> you guys are similar like to us. You know, you, you're obviously accredited. You go to the games like Luis does, but you're also an outlet and a podcast and news and, and you know training videos and all that stuff. So I've been in this, I've been in this game for a long time. I look younger I bet. Than, than I am. I look younger than I am. I don't know how old you guys would put on me, but I'm I'm older than, than you might think. 
Well, and I think it's probably for you been a crazy time with uh, everything happening in Messi and Miami blowing up, and uh, it's just been amazing, I'm sure. From, so. from what it used to be from the pandemic, the first year yeah. back, I moved back. I was like, I'm going to cover Miami from start. All right, let's go. Pandemic hit, and that first year and a half, two years was not the most fun, but things obviously picked up here once uh, once Messi arrived. That after Phil Neville chewed me out publicly, by the way. If you guys haven't, oh, seen, yeah. that, you guys haven't <laughs> seen that video, go look it up. Phil Neville and reporter watch the whole thing. It's I don't take it personal. It's you know there's there's a heat of the moment in sports, no problem. But it was a humorous humorous exchange. Phil Neville definitely took it personal with me because I criticized him a lot uh, when he got fired. I will share this when he got fired. I sent him a message at DM because he was following me on Twitter. I wished him good luck. Told him it was not personal. He he just responded with a little heart emoji, like a heart reaction, and then he unfollowed me. So there you go. <laughs> he still follow. He still follows everybody else that covered the team locally. I was the only person he unfollowed, and that's because I was a pain in his ass. I mean, but it was from a professional standpoint. I call that you doing a good job because yeah, yeah he, job, he was not a good so honestly. It's not a good sport. There's, there's, yeah. there's something. I'll give you one more anecdote of, in my in my time in covering MLS and covering football. Um, maybe there's something with these Everton guys. I don't know because he used to be t- teammates with Tim Cahill. Tim Cahill blocked me on Twitter a long time ago after I reported a scene at practice where he was like really frustrated and upset because he took off his penny and walked off the training field because um, he was getting benched that weekend by Mike Pecky. So after I, I wrote that out, he blocked me. The funniest part is the PR guy calls me after this happens. I think this happened on a Thursday. The game was on Saturday. The PR guy calls me on Friday. He's like, Tim Cahill's really pissed. You know, he wants you to apologize. I'm like, oh, am I going to apologize for reporting what happened? I'll talk to him. I'll mm-hmm. hear him out, but I'm not apologizing. So the next day, Saturday, the game, I think they played the Houston Dynamo, if my memory's correct. You can Google this. Tim Cahill's on the bench. He gets subbed in in the 70th minute or so. First play, studs up, red card, and he's sent off. We never had that talk because after the game, he just flew to Australia for international duty. He wasn't in the locker room. He got red carded immediately. My, I remember Mike Pecky's reaction was like just looking at this guy. It's like, I can't believe this just happened because that was the whole thing. It was like he, he thought he should be starting. But he was getting called up to Australia that year a lot because of the World Cup and all his, and so he wasn't like in the in the starting team as much as he wanted to be. So it was a whole. He was just frustrated and whatever. I got blocked as a result. So there you go. Some of these uh, these players, man, they, you know, they uh, they sometimes they don't like it so much when uh, we talk about them. <laughs> I can ruffle some feathers too, though. So I I, I understand that. I can understand I'm a pain in the ass. So I get it. Well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, we won't make you say vamos Orlando, but uh, the three of oh, us will. Your, your, your tiro de esquina. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, tiro de esquina OC is already uploaded in YouTube. Um, we recorded last night, so go ahead and listen to Tiro de Esquina podcast. Every content in Spanish about Orlando City. See, we can, uh, we can do Spanish, too. There we go. There we go. <laughs> There's this Spanish you. element there in Orlando. Come on, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Hey, half our team is from South America. Anyway, <laughs> um, we want to say thank you to everybody who listened and thank you to everybody who's here live. Uh, you guys are awesome. And uh, Saturday is going to be an amazing game. Can't okay. wait. Are you guys coming? Are you guys coming down? No, no, not this really. time. Oh, hey, man, oh, you guys are too guys. expensive. It's like $250 a ticket. Get out of here. Orlando City to hook you guys up. Come on. We're, we don't have Miami money. All right. We you got have Orlando money. money, baby. You have Inter and Cole money. <laughs> <laughs> 
close enough. Close enough. Uh, one, one. Well, you got that chase back money, so you know you start paying for our tickets. How about that? Possible, possible. Next one. Next one. Alrighty. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we're gonna sign off with a big vamos Orlando. Vamos Orlando. Vamos Orlando. Have a good one.